0: Hey, welcome back to our Church Experience online campus. Thank you so much for joining us today. If it's your first time with us, we would love to welcome you. we love to connect with you. The best way for us to do that is if you head over to churchexperience.tv slash connect. It's also a great place to go at any point during today's service. If you have any questions, any comments, any prayer requests, love to get back to you, love to answer those questions, and we love to be praying for you. Well, this is week three of our Chasing More Teaching series. We're learning that Whatever we're chasing, whatever the goal is, whatever the destination may be, whatever the day-to-day grind is, no matter what it is, if God's not number one, we're always going to end up with less. I'm so excited for today's service. So let's get into it. Let's all stand. Let's sing some songs of praise to our Heavenly Father.
1: I search the world But it couldn't fail me. Man's empty praise and treasures of faith are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love Turn season to holidays, you're the...
2: Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that you are the only one who can, and there is nothing of this world that can fill us like you can, Lord. God, we are just so grateful for you. We are just so thankful that we have you to run to, that you are our Father. We just love you so much, God. and. We do this all for you. There's no one else. There's no one else like you, God. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for your everlasting love. Thank you for your promises. We just give you all the the praise and the glory, God. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
3: Well, hey, what's going on, church experience? It's a good season, right? I mean, it's Thanksgiving season and we have so much to be thankful for. I mean, not only has God seen us through this last year and a half, but his goodness has always been with us. And I hope this season is a time for you to give him praise for all that he's done in your life. And I hope it's filled with all the good stuff, right? More time with family and friends, filled with some good food. I hope you get to enjoy a lot of good food this Thanksgiving we got, we got some football going on, so that's a good thing. Go Bucks, right? And then, and then we, even, we even wrap it all in this, this envelope we call faith. Thanking God for his abundant goodness to us. Man, it's a good season, Thanksgiving. And I know some of you have plans. You're, you're taking road trips. I know some of you have family coming to town. I hope you bring them so that I can meet them. And, and listen, I know some of you, you, you're still at home worshiping online, and that's great. We're grateful for online services, but let me just say this. I think it's time for you to come back. I, I really do. I've, we've seen throughout this whole year, increasingly, people coming back to worship in person, and that's been incredible and encouragement for everyone. It's been so great to see people. But even in these last couple of weeks, we've had two families specifically that I, I can think of that I had conversations with after one of the services, and uh, both of them had their own stories, but one of them said, hey, I've been with you every week online. But I just felt like it was time to come back. And we had a conversation about that. And I could tell that they are saying, man, it just, it's just—it's so much better to be here in person. I could tell it just meant so much more to them what they were getting out of the service. And, and I'll just say, you know, that there has to be a point of decision somewhere in time. And I just think it's, as your pastor, I'm saying, if, if you're ready, I think, it's, I think it's time. And so I'd love to see you again. But I'm gonna put my cell phone number up here on the screen. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Um, if, it's, if it's a season where you can't be with us in person, let me know how I can pray for you. Let me know how I can pastor you. I, I love you. I, it's, a, it's a great honor of my life to pastor you and be a part of your life. And any way that I can help and we as a church can serve you, please reach out. Let us know. And, and some of you are just traveling. Let us, let us know what's happening in your life. We'd love to stay connected. All right. Well, hey, uh, we, we're going to get into today's message. I want to begin this way. I want to begin with a story, something that happened to me just recently that was so powerful. I, I guarantee you I'm probably going to remember this the rest of my life. I was gathered in in Texas at a round table with some other pastors, something I've had the privilege of going to the last seven, eight years. And I was around this this table eating dinner with a pastor that is an incredible pastor in New York City. His name is John Tyson. He's an incredible author. He pastors Church of the City. Amazing guy, amazing man of God, amazing Bible teacher. And so we, as other pastors, we were learning from him, asking him questions, barely letting him finish his food. And and he told us this story that just marked me so much. He said there was a time when another pastor was teaching in a small group environment and he said, there's been so many amazing revivals and awakenings that have happened throughout human history where where God's spirit moved in a special way and and tens of thousands of people were just swept up into God's kingdom through giving their lives to Jesus and and seeing transformation in their life because God moved in that revival. And, And he said, what's interesting is that every group that experienced that revival, it didn't come because of the thing that they thought was the reason why it came. So the Presbyterians thought maybe it's because of their theology is why God showed up. And then the Pentecostals thought it was because they had, really had the Holy Spirit and, and, and the Methodists thought that they had it for their reasons and so on and so forth. And he had all these different groups that experienced revival. Yeah, all of them were unique and, and diverse and their different background and their, their theology and their denominations and all these things. And, and so they, they had a lot of things that were different, yet they experienced this one God sweeping through in revival. And so this pastor challenged John and this group. He said, somebody... needs to figure out the commonality in all of these revivals. What was it that brought God's spirit in such a strong, intangible way? Like what what was it? Because it wasn't all the things that they thought it was because they're all so different and yet they all experienced the same revival. And so John said, "I, I took that challenge upon myself. I took that mantle upon myself to figure that out. And I determined to go visit some of these actual places in the world, all all around the world where where God moved in a special way. I wanted to be there, stand in the soil, experience that area and talk to the people that were there. And I, I just wanted to learn and answer that question. What was it that brought God's spirit in a special way? And so he told some epic stories about his His travels as he traveled around the world, one of the most amazing stories was how he even got on this trip. He was praying that he could afford to take his family on this trip to these revival places and a businessman in his church came up to him not knowing that John was praying about wanting to go on this trip and says, I just felt like when I was praying that God put on my heart to write a big check for you and your family to go on a trip, go get away, probably thinking vacation, just wanna bless you so you can get away and rest. And, and, and John said, that was a miracle because I was literally praying for us to be able to go travel and visit these sites around the world. And so they, they did, God provided, he told amazing stories about what God did in all these places and what he experienced and saw. But the thing that really marked me is he said, I came back from that trip and I, and I realized what that common thing was. After talking to these people, studying the history of these revivals, I realized this one very simple thing that they all had in common. And so we're all, we're all listening, notebooks out, learning. He's like, it was that they really wanted God to show up. That's it. And it's like, well, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, that's it, I'm expecting something seemingly more profound. He said, no, no, just follow me. It's, they really wanted God to show up. And the reason why we don't see God show up more in our lives is because we don't want him to show up enough. And they were desperately seeking God. And he, he pointed us to this verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. They wanted it, and so God showed up because they they wanted him desperately. I want you to write this lesson down as we move into this message today that I've titled, Chasing More of God's Presence. Write this down. God would show up more if I chased him more. He would. He would show up more in your life if you chased him more. In this teaching series, we're talking about chasing more, and, and, and what more could you chase? beyond God's presence what's better what's greater and, and then that lesson God would show up more if I chased him more man that's that's it I mean I, I have not exhausted God's presence I have not exhausted all there is in God and and I want to experience more of him and I want you to experience more of God and I want us as a church to experience more of God and if we'll chase him more we'll experience him more in our life it's true Do you think back to childhood when you played that classic game, hide and go seek? Do you remember when when it was your turn to count, you you closed your eyes or you hit around a corner and you counted to 10 or you counted to 100 if you were being really generous to your friends and and they would run and scatter and hide. and The only downside of this game is if you were the one hiding and you hid really good and you found a great spot to hide, the problem was like you were so far away and hidden that you never knew when the game was actually over if you won. And if you came out prematurely thinking that you won, it's like, hey, I found you. But if you won the game and they couldn't find you to tell you that you won, then you're just there and they're all out having fun and they moved on to the next game and you're stuck there hiding in some corner or some hole somewhere, right? I mean, so that was the only problem in that game, but it's a good game, hide and go seek. And, you know, the thing is with God's presence, he's not hiding. He's not trying to confuse you or trick you, as my dad would always say. He's not trying to trick you, Brandon. He's he's, he's present, and he's revealed himself through his word. So it's not a game of hide-and-go-seek where God is hiding, but it is a game of seeking because he wants us to seek his presence. And the more we seek him, the more we're going to find. The more we're going to find in God. You have not yet experienced all there is to experience in God's presence. I'm telling you, there's just more. We're talking about chasing more and there's so much more of God than you have yet to experience. And here's a question I want you to take into your time alone with God this week. Maybe you wanna write it down. How much more of God do I really want? How much more of his presence do you really want to experience? You know, seeking something, anything, starts with an awareness that you don't have it and you need it, and then a direction on where to go to find it. And seeking more of God, chasing more in God, it begins with an awareness of there's more of God yet to be experienced. And then knowing the direction through his word and prayer and worship and the community of believers, it's knowing where to go to turn to his, his, his church, his word, his people, to seek out and find and experience more of God. And if you are looking for more of God, you just, you gotta knock. Knock and the door will be opened as it says in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. If you need more of his satisfaction, then ask him for it. If you wanna be satisfied more in him, ask him. If you need more of his strength, then go seek it out. He has power for you, but you gotta go get it. If you wanna experience more of his presence, you've gotta pursue him. You gotta pursue them in prayer. And so do you really want a church? Do you you want more of God? How much more of God do you want? That's the question I want to bring before you today. In James chapter four, verse eight, I love the simplicity of this verse and the clarity it brings. God says, come near to him. Come near to God and, and he will come near to you. Come near to God. Move closer to him. Pursue him. Chase him with everything that you've got with more than what you have been bringing to God. Bring all of your heart, bring all of your soul, bring all of your passion and your interest to him. Pursue him with your time and your energy and you will find more of God's presence for your life and more of his power. The question is not, does God have more for me? It's this question and I want you to write this one down too. Am I seeking God's more? Or am I settling for less? Am I seeking, actively seeking God's abundant more or am I settling for less? Interestingly, we, we, chase, we chase more in God and as we chase more in God, we realize we need less. The, the more that you seek God and find the more in him, the, realize, the more that you realize there's, there's less that I need. Psalm 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing in Him. So that means that if I lack, if there's something I, I feel like I, I don't have, I, I need to find that someone or that accomplishment, something to satisfy that craving inside for affirmation. If I if I'm if I'm seeking to be affirmed through some accomplishment or some relationship, because I want I, there's some some unsettledness inside of me, I need that. I'm lacking, and that that means that I've not yet experienced all the more that God has for me. Because as I'm satisfied in the abundant more of God's presence, I'll find that I need less in this world. I find an incredible contentment, like the calm, still, and peaceful waters. It calms my soul. I find that God's soothing presence is the more that I'm actually looking for. Write it down. The more I'm satisfied in God, the less that I want in the world. That's really the lesson here. The the more that I satisfy myself in God, that more that I'm chasing in the world, it's it's minimized. Because I see more of God and so I, I need the things in the world less and I find a contentment that fills me. Is it possible that the reason why you want more in the world is because you're settling for less of God. Is it possible? I'm just asking the question. You got to bring that before God in prayer in your own life. But is it possible the reason why you're so desperately trying to get more in the world is because you're settling for less than you can have available to you in God? Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, Jesus says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I like to put it this way. If I I gain more without God, so if I go chase more of the treasures and the pleasures of this world and I actually gain more without God, I end up with less. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, What do you gain in the end if you get everything you've ever dreamed of in the world, but you settle for less of God? What do you gain in that trade-off? That's not a trade-up for more. That's actually a trade-down for less. Because better is one day in God's presence than a thousand elsewhere. And God's presence satisfies my soul more than endless days of pleasure here on earth. He's got more for you. Are you pursuing actively the more that God has, the abundant more that he has for you? You know, I have a a love-hate relationship with this this time of year, October through December. I love it for so many reasons. All the holidays, it's Christmas. We get to celebrate Jesus' birth. I, I love all the traditions but one of the things that is kind of a love-hate thing for me is, is all the candy that's abundant from end of October through end of December. It's just, it just seems like there's, there's always a reason for a stocking to be filled with candy or knocking on a door or trick-or-treating and there's extra candy in the house. There's just, there's candy everywhere. And so it really defeats the purpose. I try to have a salad every day. That's my goal is to eat a salad every day, usually for lunch. And it really defeats the purpose of eating a salad when you follow it up with three bags of M&Ms, right? It's just, really defeats the whole purpose of trying to eat healthy. And you know, you know a, a child that's begging their parents for more candy, more sweets. When the parent says no, they're not actually giving their child less, are they? The child feels like that in the moment when mom and dad are saying no. They feel like they're getting less. But you and I know that they're not getting less, they're actually getting more. Because the reason why the parent says less sugar Less sweets, less candy. I know they taste good in the moment, but the reason why I'm saying less is because I want more for you. I want more for your future. I want more of a healthy body for you. I want more of the clarity of mind and and a long-term healthy plan for your life where you're you're healthy and active and your body feels good. I, I want those good things for you. It's not that I want less when I'm saying less sugar. It's I'm saying I want more for you, so I'm trying to invest in your health and give you more in the end. And the reason why some people go chasing more in the world is because they think that God is actually holding out on them. We, we, we strangely think that God is trying to give us less somehow. And so we have to, you know, we still want to believe in God. It's our eternal, you know, hope, you know, in heaven. But, but here and now he's holding out on me. So I need to go out and get more in the world. And if I go get more in the world, then I'll have actually more. And God's saying, no, actually, if you, you abandon your faith to go get more of the world, you end up with less. Because when I, when I say I, I, I want these things to be minimized in your life, these, these passions for the things of the world, when I say you can't love both the world and me, what I'm not saying is that you can't have more love in your life. I want more love in your life. I want more for your life. And in fact, I want you to write this lesson down and never forget it. God wants more for me than I do. And isn't that it? God wants more for me than I do? I do. He wants more for you than you can imagine and you think you want more for you than God does and you think God's holding out on you. Man, this will transform your prayer life. This is where you can finally come at peace with saying, God, you know, your will be done. Your will be done. God, whatever you want. Because I know what you want is better. It's more than what I want. My my desires are tame in comparison with God's desires for me. And when I satisfy myself in God, he satisfies the desires in me. God wants to satisfy your deepest desires. And that happens when you realize that God is the more that your soul is craving. The world delivers less. God brings more. God always wants more for me than I do. I, I wanna look with the remaining time that we have it. It's Psalm 16. There's some incredible verses here in Psalm 16. We don't have time to go through all of it, but I just wanna highlight a few things that, that pertain to this, this conversation around pursuing more of God's presence, chasing more of him. Psalm 16, I wanna read from, from verse two if you wanna follow along with me. Uh, Psalm 16, verse two it says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Apart from you, I I have no good thing. So in other words, every good thing, it comes down from the hand of my Father in heaven. Every good thing. That that, that means the, the beautiful painted sky that I saw this last week. It's a gift from God's presence. It means that meal with friends that I've enjoyed and been satisfied with. That's a gift from God. It means every time you've ever created something, worked hard at it and were satisfied by it. That was a, a gift from God, the gift of work, the gift of creating. You're made in the image of an amazing creator. That means that every time I've rested deeply and slept well, maybe when I've kicked off my shoes at the end of a hard day's work and sighed deeply, wow, that, that feeling right there, that's a gift from God. Every good gift is from his hand. It's a gift from our Father in heaven. And we have this spiritual practice, this spiritual discipline, this command that God has given to us. It's it's one of the 10 commandments to to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy, to to have this day a week where I I, I break from being busy and I pursue God's abundant more. It's, It's not just a day off. Some think that a Sabbath day, a day of rest is just a day off. And well, yeah, everybody's got a day or two off a week. I'm gonna take a day off and call it good. And it's not just a day off. Yes, we minimize our work, but it's a day more so to increase our worship. And for many of us, it's, it's Sunday that we, we honor the Sabbath. And that's the day where we stop our creating so God can recreate us and get us fresh to go in to those next six days on mission for him where we've increased our worship. We spent more time in worship, perhaps gathering with our church experience family, worshiping God together, maybe going out and doing something that recreates you that afternoon, that evening, right? I mean, it's where recreation comes from, right? That idea is... It's recreating me. It's recreation. I'm gonna go have have fun in God's presence and give him the glory and praise for it and enjoy his presence and, and put on worship music around the home all day. If you're not doing that already, I mean, especially on that day and, and spend a little more time in prayer and open up his word. Maybe you're, you're reading a little devotional each day during the week, but maybe extend that time and, and read a handful of chapters and journal. and However you get closer to God, that's a day for you to find your path back to God's presence in a special way. Not that you've abandoned in him those other six days but I find that even as someone who I would consider myself after walking with Jesus many years someone who's who's matured I'm not saying I'm fully matured at all but I, I have matured in my faith over the years I still find myself during those those weeks that, that grind on and the busyness of life and the meetings that pile up and the inboxes that constantly fill up I find myself slowly ever so slightly drifting Drifting, 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 and, and I'm, I'm daily pulling myself back into God's presence through my, my daily time in his word and prayer, and I'm, I'm trying to s- stay connected with God throughout every day, but I find that by the end of the week, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. Sometimes the, the hurts throughout the week that you've accumulated, the hits that you've taken, right? All, all the stuff that's accumulated throughout a week that's just kind of there with you, and that, that Sabbath day is a, is a day to recenter and reset and refresh and restore, and really to experience God's redemption all over again, be reminded of the beauty of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died on a cross for my sins. He gave his life so I can have life to the full, and he promises life to the full in him. He promises me abundant more when I pursue him, and it's to recenter my life and say, on this day, I'm not going to be creating, I'm not going to be working, but I'm going to let God do a fresh work inside of me. And I love to go walk by the water whatever I can. I love to get around the water and I love worship music. I love hearing good teaching, learning. And I love to worship with our our, our church family. I mean, those are some of the things that recreate me. And I hope that you'll make it a plan. And so how do you do do this? How do you work this into a busy schedule? Because listen, I know you're busy. I heard someone say this this plan recently that just resonated with me and I want to give it to you. You want to write it down. It's divert daily, withdraw weekly, escape quarterly, and abandon annually. Now, let me say it again. Divert daily, withdraw weekly, escape quarterly, and abandon annually. So in other words, every day you should divert and spend time alone with God. And every week you need to experience God's presence together with your your church family. You need to to have a Sabbath day, a day of rest, and increased worship. And And then... quarterly, escape, get away. It might, it might be for an afternoon. It might be a, a day alone with God, but, but find a place and a space to get away. Maybe it's with your family and it's extra time of rejuvenation and rest. And maybe you get out of town, maybe you do it in your backyard, but it's, it's a little extra time where you're intentionally having conversations around the Lord and getting, getting closer to him and then annually abandoning just the, the, the routine work. It might be a vacation. It might be just pulling back for an extended amount of time, but it's, it's getting closer to God. Maybe it's a retreat, but it's personal, spiritual, pursuit, chasing God, his abundant more. I hope that you'll take that plan and you'll apply it to your life. Schedule it, schedule it. And some of you might just need, because you've got out of the habit of doing the things that are good for you and that's easy to get in the habit of getting out of the habit of good things. And so maybe you just need to put it on your calendar. Maybe today that's the, the big application, the takeaway from today is I need to put it on my calendar, spend that daily time of diverting into God's presence purposefully, reading his word and prayer having time alone with God, reach out to me if I can help you in that, if you need some coaching. Uh, we just had a growth class this last week after our, one of our services, and it's a, a time of teaching people how to grow closer to God. I, I'd love to share some of that stuff with you. And, and, and look, weekly, weekly worshiping is, is something that you should put on your calendar because everything else is gonna fight to crowd that out. And our family, even though I, I'm a pastor, and I'm gonna be in worship every Sunday, I know that's just a rhythm in my life that's been going on for decades now. I just know it's gonna happen. Uh, but, but I have it on my calendar. And i like to see it there. And what I have on my calendar is what time we're gonna leave the house. I know what time we're aiming to leave the house early every Sunday morning and we're we're taking the whole family with us and we're going and we're gonna get to God's house so we can serve others and we can worship and we can learn and grow. And it's just, it's literally on our calendar because it's a priority. And if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So make a plan, make a plan to seek God more. Make him first in your life because he's first. He's first in the world. All right, Psalm 16. If I could go back again, there's something else here just so special that I love. And Psalm 16, look, look down with me at verse eight. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. So I'm always pursuing him. It's not just in those moments, those time alone with God moments. It's, it's, it's constantly, I'm always keeping my eyes on him. And with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. He's that foundation, that strength in my life. But then notice verse nine, he says, therefore my heart is glad. Because because I have my eyes on him, because he's my strength, my my heart is glad, my my tongue rejoices, and my body also will rest secure. Do you see that? It's it's a holistic health that comes into my life as my, my, my body's filled with peace and joy in God's presence. My heart's happy. My tongue is singing and praising God, right? And it's beyond these things too. It's, it's my, my hands are busy serving God. My feet are going the place God wants me to go. My heart is beating for Him. It's this it's this holistic worship, not just with my tongue, but here he says, My heart is happy and so my, my tongue rejoices. It's the overflow of the heart that your mouth sings praises to God. And then he he goes on and he says, My body will rest secure. There's this peace that comes over me. When, I, when my heart is filled with God's presence and my hands are busy worshiping him, there's a peace that comes into my life. And, and as I seek God in those secret places, I want to declare his praises in public places. The more that I'm satisfied with God's more in private, the more I want to build his kingdom in public. You know, your, your evangelistic passion grows the more you clearly see the gospel and how good God has been to you. The more you get around God, the more you want to help others experience that full life in him. In our church last week, we shared, if you were with us, we shared that we have a vision for this, this year ahead, four things that we intentionally as a church family want to chase and there's four things that we have communicated in this next booklet that we handed out in all of our services at each campus last week. And, and I hope you'll grab one of these booklets if you haven't, or download it digitally. And we'll give you access to that. And, and uh, this, this booklet's filled with all kinds of stuff from our timeline, our story, the vision for the future. But there's four things in here that I wanted to highlight. One, in this next year, we wanna increase our investment in helping the poor. It's important to God, so it's important to us. And so in this, what we've called this next fund, those of you who give above and beyond this year ahead to the next fund, above and beyond your regular giving to the next fund, you're gonna help those who are in need through our compassion fund. And then secondly, we've said we want to make a bigger investment. What's next? It's investing in the next generation, a bigger investment in the next generation. Kids and kid experience, students and student experience and young adults. We wanna invest in the future of our church because that's, that's not only the future of the church, but they're the church of today and we wanna make an investment in them today. And then, and then third, we want to multiply God's kingdom through starting churches, expanding new church experience locations, investing in other churches as God gives us opportunity. We have done this since our very first year and we're gonna continue to do it because it matters. We need more light in the darkness. We need more churches in our world. And then fourth, we want to build God's practical churches is buildings we want we want to build these houses of worship that house God's people worshiping God and experiencing his presence in a special way and so there's some locations that we're going to want to get into buildings like we just did in CE Butler up in Pennsylvania there's there's existing buildings that we want to make excellent so we can serve people even better and so the next fund outlines our vision a budget how you can get involved and be in, involved in that I will say coming up on December 12th we are going to have a collective offering throughout every campus you can can do it online. You can select, even now you can do it. You don't have to wait for December 12th, but we're asking you to give a generous gift above and beyond. For some of you, this will be the biggest gift you've ever given to a church. And we wanna ask you to sacrificially give, meaning you might have to sacrifice something else. But listen, this is the Christmas season and we're all giving and exchanging gifts, but the whole season is about Jesus' birth. So this is our gift as a church to Jesus to say, we want to build what's important to you, helping those in need, investing in the next generation of Christ followers, expanding and multiplying new church locations and then also building your church so that people can come and experience your presence in person together. God, these things these are our gift to you. And so we're asking you to give generously on December twelfth. You can do it online. Click the drop down menu that says next fund, and those funds will one hundred percent go to those four initiatives throughout not only beginning now but throughout this year ahead. So you can do that. Some of you, I'm challenging you to give a monthly gift on a regular basis, above and beyond your normal weekly giving to give, to give every month consistently, above and beyond to God's work through church experience. Thank you for joining us in that. It makes a tremendous difference. I could tell you story after story. But let me, let me go back to Psalm 16 one more time and, and wrap up this message this way. It's a, it's a beautiful way to end this, this message as we talk about God's presence. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 10, look, look at the hope that we have as we pursue God's presence. Look at the more that we have in God. Verse 10, it says, because you will not abandon me. God, you, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead nor will you let your faithful one see decay. When I die, that's not all there is. There's actually more. We always say the best is yet to come because when the end happens for you here on earth, that's not all there is. There's more. Verse 11, he says, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There's more for you in God, eternal pleasures at his right hand. He fills me with joy forevermore. Let me go back one more time to Psalm chapter 23 notice this this beautiful psalm this so well known by many people verse 6 surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever see it's not the end when you go through a dark valley There's more for you. It's not the end even when you face death or someone that you love faces death. Listen, there's more of the goodness of God that you've yet to experience. I want you to write down this final lesson today. Write it down, remember it. God's more has no finish line. Isn't that a beautiful thing? God's more has no finish line. It's an amazing thing. It never ends, his goodness, it never ends. He's so faithful to us. When I was on my way back from that trip I told you about in Texas, I was going through DFW Airport. I was on the Skylink, and I was heading home, excited to see my family. I didn't expect to see anybody that I knew. Uh, I was just—I think I might even had some earbuds in, uh, listened to something, and and uh, just just ready to get home, get on this next flight. And I, the guy that came in onto the Skylink in this little tram, he he's standing next to me, holding onto the bar, and he had a he had a New Orleans Saints uh, face mask on, and. I wanted to make a joke with him because we just played the Saints. We lost to him. Our, our team, my team, the Bucks, we, we, we lost to him. And I, I wanted to make a joke, you know, like, you know, you guys got lucky or something like that. Just, just mess with him, give him a hard time, just having fun with the stranger. And, and for whatever reason, I, I kind of hesitated. and I didn't say anything quite yet. And and, and I saw another, another dude on this tram walk over, intentionally walk over to this guy to say hi to him. And I couldn't hear everything he was saying. We we're a few feet apart, but I, I could tell he was saying something along the lines, are you so-and-so? And, and I didn't know what he's talking about, but he was standing there with another dude who was like a good eight inches taller than me. He was a, he was a big guy. He was a yoked out dude. And I'm like, this guy looks like a professional athlete. This guy's all decked out in Saints gear. He's got the Saints mask on. I'm wondering if he's a, he's a professional football player. And I heard the other guy that walked up to him and asked him and clearly knew him out of just out of the blue. And, and he said something about his birthday or someone else's birthday in his family. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And he actually really knows this dude. This is probably somebody that is known. He's not known to me, but he's known to this guy. And so this guy's finished up his conversation and I just kind of turned to him before we got the tram. I'm like, hey man, I'm just, just curious, like, you know, are, are you with the saints organization? And, and he says, well, actually my son, my son is, my son is Jameis Winston the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. At least he was until they played the Bucks, And due to an, an unfortunate tackle, he tore his ACL. And so he's out for the rest of the season. It's a tragic thing. It's a good thing that I did not make a crack about the Bucks and the Saints game. <laughs> Didn't mess with him at the beginning. Uh, but I said, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for your son. I'm a pastor. I'm gonna I'm I'm pray for him. Had a, a little interaction. And then, and then he was off and I, and I was off. But you know what's interesting? I would have never known who this guy was. I had of course heard about his son. His son Jameis used to play for the Tampa Bay Bucks back in the day, his his first team, NFL team. And 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 I, I knew about his son, but I never thought that his dad was be there standing there right next to me. This other guy knew who he was, and he was known to him, but not known to me. And I and I would have missed an experience to know somebody new that I didn't know if he hadn't been known by this other guy. But because this God knew him, and I, I realized that I got to know him as well. I wonder how many times that you and I just miss out, just straight miss out an opportunity to experience and know God's presence in our life. And he's standing right there with us in our workplace, and we're so frustrated at the problems, we're so torn up by the conflict, and He's right there, and, and He wants to make Himself known, but He's unknown to us in our workplace. We know Him on Sunday morning, but but he's unknown to us in our workplace and god's saying I, I want you to know me in work and how i can help you in your work and some of us go home to a a home that's not what we want it to be not not just maybe the place that we live, but maybe the people we're in relationship with. Maybe there's a marriage listening today that's, that's been broken and separated. Maybe they're no longer even in the home or it's falling apart and it's hanging by a thread or there's children, you're not sure how to parent them or, or parents that you can't get along with. And it's a broken relationship that needs to be reconciled. And, and God is unknown to you in that space. You know him on Sunday morning, you know him in our, our service, but, but he's saying, I want you to know me. I want you to stand next to me and see that I'm three feet away from you. I'm three feet away from you. I'm I'm, I'm right there to help you make that marriage work. I'm I'm here to help you be a better parent, to be a better man of God, a woman of God. I'm, I'm there, I want to be known, but you're missing it. You're just straight missing it because even though he's present, you're not pursuing his presence. And today, if you get nothing else out of this message, I just want you to know that there's more of God available for you. There's no finish line to God's more. So chase it with everything you have this week. Want him to come because he he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So will you chase God's abundant more? My hope is that you will, and you will find incredible satisfaction in your soul from God's unending more. Right on, right on. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your incredible goodness to us. God, thank you that your more is beyond what we can imagine. I pray this week as we go into our week, may we live grateful and not greedy. Grateful for the more that you've already given, less greedy for the more of the world that always leaves us with less. And may we pursue you in a new way, in a fresh way, and see your abundant goodness poured into our hearts beyond what we can imagine. And we'll give you all the praise for the more that you bring into our life. We love you, Jesus. May we pursue you more. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Man, we are so pumped that you could be here with us today at our online campus. And we would love to hear what you thought about today's service. Head over to churchexperience.tv slash connect. Bring your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. Love to get back to you. And of course, we would love to be praying for you. Well, from all of us here at Church Experience, we're signing off. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll see you next time.